0: Good morning, Ronananian. The document you are looking at is an ad for a 1995 oil change. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to give listeners the facts on why 1995 oil changes really cannot be done for this price. I think you are up to the challenge. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck.
1: Ronananian. Some repair shops are charging cheap on oil changes that they're charging cheap in order to get people in the door and then try and sell them things that they may or may not need. The car doctor. They recrawled under the truck and he made a mark on the oil filter. They brought it back, they changed the oil, and and when he got home, he crawled back under the truck and the same mark was still there.
2: Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors
1: are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. You know, it's when you're surrounded by the masses up center stage, live at a trade show, you go... How did i get into this predicament hey ron and in and the car doctor here i'm once again over at the northeast trade show at the meadowlands convention center in secaucus new jersey i'm surrounded by the industry a great place to be on this saturday afternoon as we roll out and look forward towards spring and summer and all the things that we have to look forward to as car people and uh get more involved and more connected to our automobiles and that's what today's show is about getting connected to the automobile as we take a look back at where the industry was and we take a look forward as to where the industry is going once again i am accompanied this segment this hour i want to say hello to my my co-host i think for these episodes when we come down here to the northeast trade show jeff mcdowell leslie's auto body fords new jersey jeff how are you I'm good,
3: Ron. Great to have you back here again.
1: It's always a good time, Jeff, and we look forward to it each and every year. And I'm accompanied to my right, Mike Freeman from BASF. BASF or BASF? Which would you prefer,
4: Mike? BASF is perfect. BASF.
1: And uh, Mike's going to talk to us a little bit about paint, but I thought I would lead off the conversation um, uh, by just reaching out to you, Jeff, and saying, you know, last year we talked about what we were talking about this prior to the broadcast today what was our conversation last we, year
3: we spoke a lot about the technical changes coming up in the industry between materials equipment aluminum entering the the the, the marketplace on a lot of different manufacturers cars and how the shops were going to contend with all this uh, updating and new technology and uh,
1: did it, they i mean did what you think was going to happen happen? Has the industry evolved? If you were to look back a year ago and say coming forward in keeping with today's theme, today's show, do you think the things that you thought were going to happen happen or is it different? Absolutely. And
3: it's evolving every day as we go forward. Processes and procedures are changing and being updated and it's, it's imperative to stay connected uh, either through the association or through industry events so you can keep up with these current changes that are happening and better prepare yourself to- in the market,
1: and, and judging by the traffic here on the floor today, I would say that the industry gets it—that they have to be here to understand where their business is headed now and for the future. Um, what were some of the things that you think have changed in the last year? If you were going to cite two or three areas—paint, body, frame—what is it? What what changed dramatically?
3: Well, there's a a lot of change in every facet of that, but mostly uh, uh, the biggest thing that guys are interested in and want to know about and are trying to figure out is in the equipment side of it, where do they fit? What equipment do they need to go ahead and keep up with the changes in these vehicles? And the show is the place to come and check out and kick the tires on all the different pieces of equipment and find out which one is right for you and your market.
1: Now, do you, as a body shop owner, Jeff, these many years, you know, What equipment have you upgraded in the shop in the past year, and what do you predict for next year? Well, pretty much like
3: most shops, uh, things have changed rapidly. So the the latest and greatest things that we have to switch over to are are, uh, rivet guns for the aluminum repairs, and there's several different types for several different manufacturers. Also upgrade welders, a couple different welding processes that need to be addressed, uh, rivet and weld bonding. That's, that's a new process. Or not new, but it's a process that's now in general work, acceptance yeah. right. for the
1: standard of doing repair. So, I, I, I've got to think paint has really taken off in the last year. Changes to paint technology. What can you tell me about that? Well, paint has taken off. What What, what drives that is the
3: manufacturer trying to make a prettier, more glamorous-looking vehicle so that they can attract the public to buy it. And some of those are high glamour colors. And we can uh, let our friend here describe that a little bit.
1: You know, Mike, how has that made your life miserable? I'm going to say one word to you. Well, maybe it's a sentence. Uh, and Jeff, Jeff prepped me on this. So I want you to know this comes from Jeff with love. Four stage process. What can you tell us about the four stage process?
4: Well, uh, the four stage process is, I don't want to say it's, uh, it's kind of a new term. Um, it's using very transparent colors and multiple layers to achieve an effect. And so we're starting to see those come on the market more. Um, as I mentioned last year, you know, we, we work closely with the OEMs to make sure that if a vehicle does get in a collision, we have the ability to repair those vehicles and make them look as good as new. So it's it's really important to for us as a paint company to stay up on the current technology and current color trends and things that the automakers are working on.
1: You know, let me pa- let me paint the picture if I can use that analogy. <laughs> so Monday morning, you know, Mike and everybody from BASF gets a, a memo or a text or a fax or wherever you get the information from a car company and it says, okay, we now want you to create the color purple. And and here's you know what what creates what elicits those feelings of oh no? You know, what's the hardest thing to do and how do you guys do
4: it? Well it's it's interesting because some of those oh no moments are when we can't supply the effect. That is be, that the the customer wants. Uh, the customer being the OEM, um, and so we have to work with other companies. We work with partners to to try to achieve that effect. And uh, we have very good color specialists and guys that that's their whole life is developing color and figuring out ways for uh, us to achieve an effect uh, with a finished good. And um, it's uh, it's definitely a challenge. and takes a lot of really cool talent and chemistry
1: do, do the car companies come to you You know i, I thought it just occurred to me for all the years i'm doing this mechanical in the show the do the car companies come to a company like BASF, mike and say okay we want to create this color purple and you go well we don't have that yet okay we want you to make it we want you to make it hold up under these conditions does it take a certain amount of time to develop that color at a safe level
4: absolutely and and there's a lot of collaboration that goes into it um they may come to us with an idea for a color, and then our color experts will actually formulate products to say, "Okay, here's some ideas of what you know what we think would look really good, and what we can achieve easily, or achieve you know with a little bit of effort." And um, it's it's a lot of collaboration, and, and really you look at the business, you've got the OEM side where the colors are being sprayed at the, at the factory, and then you've got the refinish side where the people have to get the, those factory colors repaired, and the two processes are very different. So we have to make sure that the chemistry we come up with can be reproduced if that vehicle is ever damaged,
1: and, and reproduced at the body shop at level, the collision with, repair with, center with, with guys like Jeff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that has to be a, a tough road to hoe because the equipment has to be so different. Fair statement.
4: It's uh, it, there's a, again there's a lot of chemistry involved. So um, it's
3: not only the equipment; it's also the chemistry is different. In the materials that they use at the factory and that we use in the shop.
1: So when a car gets, that's interesting, when a car gets into a collision and it has to be repainted, the paint that, you know, Jeff will put on it is different than what the car came out of the factory with?
4: Uh, Generally, yes. Because at the factory level, if you think about how a car is made, uh, it goes through bake cycles at very high temperatures because they're pushing, you know, so many units an hour through these plants at the... uh, and a lot of times there's not interiors in these vehicle shells and with plastics and things like that. When it gets in a collision, you can only bake it to a certain temperature. Otherwise, you risk damaging some of these plastics and things. So you have to make the collision repair center paint work better at lower temperatures and faster dry times and things like that.
1: Boy, I'll tell you what. I just learned something. That's I've, I've never really thought about that from the perspective of how it would affect paint and make it different. Um, but you guys must be doing something right, Mike, because I've got to tell you, my spies tell me, and I'm going to scoop, and I hope this is okay, but... Um, a little bit of a pat on the back for BASF. You guys have some exciting news coming out Monday from General Motors.
4: Absolutely. We were just named one of their suppliers of the year again. This is the 11th time we've won the award since 2002, and uh, we're a great partner with them. We do a lot of business. Um, they're really good, and, and being a Detroit, uh, uh, our location for North America is, is located in a Detroit suburb. We can work really closely with them, and uh, it's a great sense of pride for us. So they're a great, great partner to have.
1: For the consumers that are out there, Mike, in our closing minute, if, if they want to know, you know, gee, I want a BAS paint job, is it something they're going to ask their body shop?
4: Uh, they can, yep. Uh, we have a shop locator on uh, our website, which is BASFrefinish.com. They can find their uh, local shop. They can find a local uh, paint supplier. And uh, we've got locations all over uh, North America and, and around the world, really. The website once again, Mike? BASFrefinish.com. Uh,
1: BASFrefinish.com. Thanks a lot, Mike. I appreciate you being here this year. And, Jeff, as always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Stop over and see Fast Harry. I understand he's handing out hats and T-shirts today. Get them while they're still there before the crowd shows up. I'm Ron and Andy in The Car Doctor. We'll be back right after this live from Northeast. Welcome back. Ron Neney and the car doctor here live at Northeast 2016 at the Meadowlands Convention Center in Secaucus, New Jersey. We're talking the auto industry as we do each and every time this year, and we look forward to it. And I'm here live right now with two gentlemen. uh, J.B. from AccuDraft. J.B. Haddle, say that last name? Haydell. Haydell, okay. And um, Guido's Guido's look, I'll let Guido introduce himself. (laughs) Guido Pippa (laughs) from
2: AccuDraft.
1: Glad to have you here, gentlemen. We talked last year. Yep, thanks um, for having us back. and, and, And we're glad to have you back. Um... One of the lead off questions I always like to do is just briefly, and JB I'll throw this to you if if, I think. What does AccuDrift do? We're a spray booth manufacturer. Okay, and and why is that important to me? I I just had a collision, why do I want to look for a body shop with a spray booth? I don't care. Just paint the car.
5: Mm, Not quite. I mean if you value the way that the car (laughs) looks and you're looking for a factory replicated finish. You're going to want whoever's painting it to do that in an environment that's similar to the factory. A spray booth provides a clean environment and provides the ability to force dry the paint the same way that the factory does it.
1: Now, AcuDraft has been around more than just a few years. Uh, my spies tell me, Guido, that your father started
2: this company, correct? Correct, correct. We've been around for 36 years, and uh, you know we're one of probably the only one of the only companies in the industry that. Um, have some manufacturer brand name recognition across the industry uh, that are family owned. And, um, you know, I think that goes a long way. I think that um, that makes the biggest difference in really the fundamental sort of core um, mentality inside of a company. Everybody cares at every level. I mean, it really it really permeates everything that we do.
1: Well, watch. I'll, I'll, I'll prove it to the listeners. Guido, you're the, what's your title in the company? President. President. Um, you go home Friday night. Are you home, or are you thinking about the job? Honest uh, answer.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think you know the answer. Yeah, <laughs> and you know we're we're among friends here. I mean, every single body shop owner uh, understands that. There's no plug. There's no right. there's no unplug. That right. doesn't you, you don't punch a card. I mean, you know if if you own your own business in any size in any facet, you know that while you're sleeping. You're always connected. You're thinking about what's happening next. So yeah, absolutely. I,
1: I, I do that sometimes, you know, I actually go to sleep. I wake up and I go, that's what's wrong with that car. Cause I thought about it while I was sleeping, uh-huh. but that's a that's a different conversation. <laughs> um, last year when we spoke JB, we, we talked briefly about, you had some expectations on, on, on where the industry was and, and, and the value of a spray booth. And if you look back at those thoughts, if you can remember, and I'm sure you can. I know you've been prepping for this for a while. <laughs> but if you can look back at that at and think, where where are we now? Did Would
5: you say those expectations over the past year have played out? I'd say for the most part, yes. Uh, We've been looking at a lot of consolidation in the market, so the way that spray booths and the equipment are purchased is a little bit different. There's also been the evolution of the aluminum uh, isolation stations. Uh, That's been a huge part of the industry's evolution. So even though it's not painting, a lot of the isolation stations are made by paint booth manufacturers. Uh, we're included in that. Uh, we've got a line of isolation stations that, that have been really successful. So that part of it, I think, for us has probably been the, the single biggest product that was different that developed in the last year. And we saw that's the way it was coming, and we put a lot of time and effort into developing those products specifically.
1: You know, one of the things, and I just learned this today, I have to be honest, and it, it's I've never really appreciated a spray booth more than I do today. And my statement would be if somebody said, What does a spray booth do? I would say, imagine the dirtiest, filthiest environment in the world, and now we're going to have to paint the car there and make it look like a factory finish enter the spray booth, right? Uh, Absolutely. And and that's what you guys do. So, you know, I used to think of that as, A, just a big warm place to hang out in in the rain, And number one. And and number two, um, I've come to appreciate it and say, that's a very precise piece of equipment. You can do some really interesting things in there temperature-wise and... and, and controlled environment-wise, correct?
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know,
1: you look at the manufacturers that, and i we were just having this conversation prior with our previous guest, you know, when when the car gets painted at the factory, it's, it's stripped of all electronic components and it's baked at different levels. And now we've got to put it in that big booth to our left here uh, at the Northeast Trade Show we're at. And you've got to control that temperature, but still bake the paint and finish it, and make it look like a factory finish. That's a pretty
5: amazing feat. How do you do it? It's, you know, a lot of it is lessons that are hard learned. We've spent a lot of time, 36 years, developing the product, but we also take cues from what the manufacturers are doing. We're looking at their processes. We're learning from what they do, and we invest heavily in technology that allows us to do that, whether it's air movement, the direct fire burners that have been basically the prevalent option, Spray booths, and we spend a lot of time and money investing in controls.
1: Guido, what do you do better than the other businesses, the other guys in the business? You know, somebody thinks AccuDraft, they're going to think of you why. What do, what's your what's your what are you known for?
2: I think that we offer, just in general, if you want to give it a put it in a nutshell. I think that if you go by any model that we offer, we put more paint booth into uh, every offering than anybody else. I think that we, we start at sort of a higher level, at no matter level no matter what level you start. So, you know, if you're in a if you're in a, a small range or a medium range or a, a high-end high-performance range, we, we tend to give you more uh, and it's because really there, there's a lot of features that you really shouldn't have you shouldn't not have. So, where somebody might want to take some features away to try to hit a certain price point, we almost say, "Okay, look, we're we're, we're going to give you a better price and we're going to just include the the features that you need energy savings is huge nowadays and we wouldn't want to see a customer kind of shortchange themselves by just trying to like you know take one of those two features uh one or two features away
1: and and call me silly but in the short time i know you guido i'm willing to bet that you won't oversell the shop either you know if, if he needs the smaller or the less option booth you'll advise him on why he needs that versus the bigger possibly higher you're not about making money altogether. it's i mean everybody's got to eat but i think you've got that personal touch as a family business that you want to make them happy and make right. them, let them come back
2: what what i say
1: we're,
3: we're
2: consultants first and then and then you know we're suppliers second i mean if somebody's going to express to you a need we go in there to solve that need and we're not going to overshoot if they have future dreams and they want to get to a certain level we'll keep that in play and we'll say look you know this is probably your best bet but absolutely we are consultants first and you know we're suppliers
4: second JB, if I
5: could. Yeah, we actually have spent the last few years developing a product line that's been a lower price point specifically for customers who need a product that's not the absolute highest end. So something entry level to get them in. Absolutely.
1: In 30 seconds or less, the future of painting booth. Painting spray booths and aluminum,
5: I don't think you can do it,
1: can
4: you?
5: Oh, absolutely. Uh, aluminum is going to be something that's very prevalent in the market. It's going to be something that that really requires a lot of time and effort. Uh, paint boost we're going to continue to develop. We've got humidity control. We've got cooling ability, things that really you don't see in automotive. There's a, a huge future for everyone.
1: Real quick, website.
2: AccuDraftPaintBoost.com.
1: AccuDraftPaintBoost.com. Perfect, gentlemen. I appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm Ron Anandian, the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. back, Ron The Car Doctor. We are live today at the Meadowlands Convention Center, Northeast 2016, down here with the good folks of the AASPNJ, and we're talking to the industry as we do each and every year this time of year, and we look forward to it. I'm joined this segment this hour by two gentlemen. One's been here before, one's a newbie, and uh, we're going to break them in right, Dave Demarest Carliner and uh, Jeff Kern Carliner, and I'm glad to have both of you here with me. Dave, how have you been?
6: Great. Thanks very much, Ron.
1: Jeff, he dragged you up here. I saw him. (laughs)
0: <laughs> excited to be here Ron. Well,
1: tell me about yourself, Jeff. You know, what why is Jeff Kern part of Carliner?
0: Thanks, Ron. I'm I'm president of Carliner Company. We're based in Michigan. I've uh, grown up on the east side here, uh, born and raised in New York. Spent uh, some time in New Jersey. Two of my three kids were born in New Jersey, so products of New Jersey. So real, real excited to be here. So you're back
1: here for some bagels and pizza today before <laughs> before you head back back home, right? Absolutely, yeah, best food on earth. That's that's part of the deal. But why why Carl You know, it's it's there's a lot of there's a lot of different companies out there that do yeah. similar things. But what makes Carl unique in your
0: mind that you chose to be here? This is my ninth year with Carl Liner. Um, really in charge of brand for the company uh brand support making sure we're doing the right things in all markets and that's a bit tough dave does a super job here in the northeast how do we scale it up how do we maintain that brand and support and message across the country that's when we have to go in and improve the knowledge and training and support i came to the company because it's a great company we have good quality products we look at focus on total solutions for the collision shop and that's what appealed to me about the company and our products so you don't go to work any day you just you, you get to leave the house and go do what you love greatest job in the world
1: yeah Absolutely. I, can, I, I, I can see it looking at you you know anytime somebody speaks from the heart you can tell that they're just having a great time thank you ron dave you love what you do i've known you forever and i've never seen you work a day in your life you're just out there helping helping guys understand the industry and what's Going on with the car in front of
6: them. Yeah, that's true. I, uh, I came through the car business, through the uh, collision repair business, since uh, the second generation. My dad had his place, and uh, you know, we just we moved over into uh, the collision repair equipment, starting with the car Liner. Almost, uh, it's going to be forty years pretty soon.
1: I was going to say it's, yeah. it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's been. A, and I don't want to, I don't want to say how long I know you, Dad, because that makes me that <laughs> old too. Um, <laughs> you know, last year, if you remember the things we talked about last year, yeah, and you look forward. How did that play out? Did, did your expectations for last year, and first of all, state what they were, did they play out to the point, and did they happen the way you expected?
6: I think to some degree. I mean, uh, it's going to be a gradual transition. Uh, last year, we talked a little bit about uh, how aluminum is becoming more uh, prevalent in uh, the structure of the car, not just, of course, the outer body panels and so forth. And, uh, you know, in the, when, when aluminum goes into the structure of the car, it, it changes how cars get repaired uh, after an accident. So... Uh, yeah, it, uh, some of the uh, manufacturers, including last year we talked about Ford and the F-150 product. Uh, it looks like they're going to continue maybe with a few other products that are going to be uh, with some aluminum in there. Uh, this past year, of course, Christ, uh, Cadillac excuse me, Cadillac announced that their CT6 is going to come out, uh, again, with some aluminum and steel mixed in the structure, too. So it's, it, it's, uh, it's important that the repairs understand uh, it's a different different type of repair. Not difficult, but certainly different.
1: Jeff,
0: is it aluminum that the body shop owner is worried about, or is it a bunch of different materials? Great question, Ron. I think I think what we have to think about is really uh, the the fact that we're going lighter. Uh, Cafe standards, all manufacturers are driving the lighter vehicle, and so that means different things to different manufacturers. Uh, Ford F-150, big deal last year, high production, high profitability vehicle for Ford. But we've been putting together advanced material base for many years. We, We look back at the Audi. It has aluminum content for several years. BMW is now looking at carbon fiber. So we're really looking at our solutions bay as an advanced material bay. It's important to have it well lit. It's important to have evacuation. It's say important to- that, Say
1: that again, Jeff, I'm sorry. What was the word you used?
0: Advanced materials. So I love that. We, we, we capture aluminum, we capture carbon fiber, we capture all of the lightweight materials in vehicles today. And we, we look at the technician and say, okay, what's that environment look like for the technician? The technician has to repair it. It should be a clean environment. It should be well lit the air quality should be maintained so that there's no dust or airborne contaminants. So you don't want to be breathing in aluminum. You don't want it to be combustible. You don't want to breathe in carbon fiber. So we look at that environment as an advanced material bay and provide those solutions without just looking at aluminum. So the shop should be looking at the bay in a bit different manner. Looking looking at scaling it up to really all materials so that it's a the right environment to be in for the technician.
1: I think of Caroliner and I think Frame machine, right. but it's 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 more than that. Either either one of you, how would you respond to that statement?
6: Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Dave. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, people had said to me, well, at some point, you know, who's going to need a frame straightener, and at some point, who's going to need uh, exactly. measuring systems right. when right. you know when you go into this lightweight material, it's difficult or, or different to repair. Um, I, I think it's more important than ever. Uh, we may not be stretching metal as we did before, straightening it. But uh, because there's still some replacement, there's still identification of damage, Um, I think everything else is still
0: very important. Yeah, I think to tie in with what Dave is saying about moving beyond that, we're kind of a total solutions company. It's important to realize that if you're going to cut something away, uh, whether it be aluminum or carbon fiber or any material, it has to be positioned correctly in space. And then it has to be either welded, adhesive bonded, rivet bonded, or what have you. And it has to be positioned XYZ coordinates Extremely accurate because you, can, you don't want to go back and do it twice. Once you set it in place, you need to hang the fender, you need to hang the doors, and every, all the gaps need to line up to to the nth degree of, pre- of precision. And so, when that happens, um, it's it's important to uh, ensure that the vehicle is set up correctly.
1: You know, I would have to say that, and, and let me let me let me layer the question this way, no pun intended. Everything is structural dependent upon the piece before it, so to speak and is it a fair statement Dave to say that you know without the ability to measure and, 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 and do it right they're just going to assemble it it's going to look like the cold cuts in the on the platter that are just sort of um, lopsided and, 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 and cockeyed right
6: right uh, well, one of the uh, folks here uh, from the, the Honda folks that are here this, uh, this year, uh, they're they're big proponents of course of using the high strain steel not so much aluminum of course but uh, the takeaway there is that they're making it very important to understand that a proper repair through the right procedures that they they talk about uh, can certainly affect the airbag and the airbag timing Wow and, and an airbag that doesn't go off exactly the right split second or has it is completely ineffective as we know
1: right and, and you know this I'll, I'll lay it out for the listeners out there for them the, the, the visual you know 25 years ago, you were behind that car that went down the road, and it looked like it was crabbing. Yep. It was kind of going sideways, yep. you know. And they they measured something, and they found out something was off by two inches. <laughs> you know, in fair statement today, probably with the precision that cars are made today. Um, if they're off by how much does the car going to start to do that? One
6: or two millimeters. Yeah. I mean, that's how critical it is for both wheel alignment and, of course, the airbags and and all the other safety systems that are dependent upon that.
0: That's a great analogy when you look at a car crab walking down the road. Everybody thinks the front end alignment is off, and actually it's the rear. The steer right. axle, axle is off. Yeah, yep. something, yeah, most something, people don't realize that. Yeah,
1: something's not put yeah. together, right? And it makes yeah. it makes the case for the car Liner system yeah. uh, all the more. Jeff, if the listeners want more information, where can they go find
0: it? Sure, www.carliner.com is our uh, global website. And we're in uh, 70 countries all around the world, so we look forward to serving the collision community.
1: Jeff, absolute pleasure. Dave Demers, great to see you. Thanks very much. Happy to make the acquaintance today. I'm Ron in The Car Doctor. We are back right after this. eating in the car doctor we are live here at the northeast 2016 trade show put on by the nice folks at aaspnj i'm joined once again this segment this hour jeff mcdowell leslie's auto body ford's new jersey and a new guest a new gentleman to the microphone jerry banani from ford motor company i think i've heard of you jerry ford yeah they've been around a while huh a little bit yeah um, what do you do there at ford i'm a senior engineer for paint and body damageability repair oh you're that guy yep yeah you're that guy so um, you know, let's let's jump right into it. What's your area of expertise at Ford? What do you specifically do for them? What projects have you worked on recently?
7: Well, recently the biggest has been the F one hundred and fifty, the aluminum F one hundred and fifty, which I was proud to be part of since two thousand and nine. And we worked with the design engineering team very, very early in the program and looked at ways we can improve and keep the insurability of the truck. Uh, really, a dynamic program all the way through. Two
1: thousand nine. Let's back up a second. 2009. When did that truck come out? It came out last year, right? Last year. So you've been working on that six-year lead time? Six years. I- is that unusual? Not really.
7: We try to work as early as we can at the Ford Motor Company and trying to improve the designs and the repairability of the vehicle, make it easier for the body shop and the technicians as they're repairing it. So that's actually pretty common. I mean, usually we're two to three years up before the vehicle's
1: job one date. You know, I probably shouldn't do this on live radio, but I will. What did you learn from the mistakes? There had to be mistakes along the way, because look at the product. Look how it turned out, right? It turned out great.
7: Well, it's kind of interesting. We looked at the steel truck, and we looked at ways we could improve the repairability of it. And we would go in and talk with engineering people and say, look, in order to do the apron tube assembly, let's give you an example, I have to drop the instrument panel down to get access to spot welds. On the new truck, you can do everything externally. So that was a dynamic move that we made with the engineers. They listened to us, they looked at the potential to improve the design, and then they did so.
1: What do you say to those people that, I mean, there was there were some mean people out there when you guys were coming out with this, right? Yes. And, and, and you know where I'm going. Jeff was actually saying, no, Jeff, was. It, Jeff, what did you think of the aluminum F-150 when they were talking about producing it?
3: Well, in the beginning, I didn't think it was such a great idea, and I didn't think anybody would buy it. But when I see the repairability of it and what these guys have built into the engineering, Uh, It's nothing for anybody in the industry to be afraid of, and they've given us tremendous support and uh, information on what to do and how to do it. So they've been supporting us all along the way that they've been engineering. And
1: and I'll add one thing to that thought. It's nothing for anybody in the industry to be afraid of to repair, provided they've got the knowledge and the education, which makes them, they should be here today. And 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 I just want to add that thought. So, Jerry, you took a guy like Jeff and you flipped him 180 degrees. And you guys, you've you've flipped the industry 180 degrees. Everybody's looking at this F-150, this aluminum body, and going, hey, this isn't such a bad thing. Right. What's your reaction to that? Well, the key is,
7: I mean, we tried to give everyone the options, repair options they never would have had with the steel truck. And as we looked at the design for repairability targets, we wanted to come in as best in class as we could. So in offering the sectioning and offering the easy repairs that we did, we try to keep the insurability status of the truck better or comparable to the existing steel truck. I'm proud to announce that State Farm made the announcement that the insurance rates are not going to change from the steel truck to the aluminum one.
1: So wait a minute, That's right
7: there says it all.
1: You're, you're saying so the insurance companies, right, because they're not rating the truck as any more or less of a liability or a detriment than the steel-bodied. F 150 is it's just as easy to fix and exactly just as fixable exactly uh, that's that's kind of an astounding achievement when you look at what we all thought was going to happen uh and i'm right in there too i looked at an aluminum body work truck and i said how can this hold up uh you know and they're out there what now a year better than a year yeah and What what's some of the early feedback you're getting well the
7: biggest thing when we've heard feedback positive or negative it's usually been very positive if we hear something that's of a concern in a, a procedure maybe we drafted, we try to improve it as soon as possible. It may be a situation where we change a small amount of the procedure or make it easier for them to understand, but we try to react as quickly as we humanly can.
1: And it, and it, and it seems like you are because you've got a winner on your hands. Gentlemen, stay put. We're going to pull over and take a pause for the cause. I'm Ron Anini in the car, Doctor. We're live at Northeast 2016. We're back right after this. Get up. Live from 20, Northeast 2016, I'm Ron in the car doctor, here at the Meadowlands Convention Center, Secaucus, New Jersey. Two gentlemen to my right, Jeff McDowell and Jerry Bonanni, one from Ford, one from Leslie's Auto Body. You guys know where you're from. Let's get into it real quick. Jerry, when we pulled over and took the pause, uh, the conversation was all about aluminum in the F-150. Anything else coming out? I mean, what's 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 in the uh, works over at Ford? Can you share anything with us that we're not supposed to know?
7: Oh, I could share the uh, the new exciting Super Duty coming. Uh, What they're going to do is the Super Duty will share the same aluminum cab with the F-150. There's some subtle changes to the structure, but it kind of goes back to as the truck used to be, a shared cab between the F-150, the 250, and 350. There's going to be some subtle changes in how the roof skin is retained, uh, some changes to the forward apron tube assembly. Uh, The diesels and others mandated a different wider structure up front. But you're really looking at similar repairs, similar type of architecture, on a steel frame. Uh, This new Super Duty is one of the most capable Super Duties ever built. Uh, Highest payload and um, towing capacities, and the amount of electronic features and other design things that are in it are just astounding.
1: Why always pick up trucks? Why trucks, Jerry? Why not cars? Well,
7: we've achieved some really aggressive weight savings targets when you look at vehicles like the B cars, the CD cars, C cars, and so Fusion Focus, Fiesta, with the usage of boron steel and other ultra-high-strength steels. Mustang has a tremendous amount more of boron and, and dual-phase steels added to it. And when you look at that, we've been able to achieve that on those, on those vehicles with the steel. Now, the aluminum truck, when you're looking at a 700-pound weight savings on the F-150, that's astounding.
1: Oh, sure, and I suppose the fuel
7: economy, that's... Fuel economy, towing capacity, cargo capacity. Now, when you're looking at the Super Duty, that figure is about 350 pounds because the program elected to put the money in, and the weight back into other key areas like suspension, drivetrain, other areas really add to the robustness to it.
1: It just it just makes it that much more worthwhile, yep. I guess, for the trucks at this point in the Absolutely. Game. Uh, Jeff? If um, if you were going to predict to uh, any other body shop owners out there right now, and they've got to fix an F-150, they needed to be here today, right?
3: They needed to be here, and they need to be informed. Yeah,
1: about what's going on. Exactly. And, and the relationship. I'm watching the relationship you have with Jerry from Ford Motor Company here today, and it's interesting to see how Jerry is so eager and willing to share information and talk to you as the guy that's repairing the vehicle. And to Ford's credit, Jerry, uh, you know, that's what sets you guys apart. That's what keeps you guys at the top of the pack. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you. We've worked very hard, and our shops are our friends. We learn
7: a lot from them, and yeah. we hope to give them the yeah. best. They're not the
1: bad guys, right? Not uh, at all. FordMotorCompany.com is the website? Dot com. Uh, dot com. Jeff, they want information about Northeast real quick. Uh, it's uh, com is the
3: is the website. You can come and get in all the information.
1: Perfect. I'm running Aiding in the car, doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.